Hey, man, we are uh, doing a... S- Bree, would you help me? I'm sorry. Um, the camera's on and I can't go over there. Uh, this whole thing is still uh, odd for me. I get, always get nervous. If you've been here for a while, you've seen this. Thanks, Bree. Love you. And uh, cool. So you got to know right off the bat that this message is very odd for me. I wrote this several months ago and knew what I was going to say, knew what I wanted to say. And the problem is it feels a lot like it was uh, coming from my personality or from my opinion. And so it was really difficult for me to do because this is not something I don't, I've never uh, in 20 years of preaching the gospel, I've never had a sermon like this. And so I fought it like tooth and nail. And what's really neat is the Lord confirmed it even since Friday. This sermon was cemented and I've gotten more than five prophetic confirmations of scriptures that I was actually going to use in this message that someone texted me or physically told me. And so uh, I'm going to roll with it. And uh, if you don't like it, that's on you. How's that? <laughs> Uh, I think that the idea of this actually seems so simple that it doesn't seem right. But the problem is is that we have simply missed it so many times. Today we're talking about the present. We're talking about enjoying life. We're talking about enjoying people, humans, living in the moment. Last week we talked about your past. And we talked about how there are many, many people that struggle with the past, that struggle with hurts, that struggle with the fact that someone lied to you or hurt you or cut you off. And pain from the past can rob you of the present. There is shame and regret of decisions we've made or words we've said that we just simply wish we could take back and you can't. But living in the past will rob you of this gift of today. And so uh, tomorrow, next week, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about the future. It's out there. And for all of you OCD planners out there, there's a lot of them, uh, it's super good that you're a planner, but you got to know that today is important. This moment right here is the only one you can guarantee. What a gift. Cool. So last week, if you were here, we quoted my main man Simba, right, from The Lion King, and uh, it was super great. This week we are talking about, trying to fix my thing, Rich, for your sake. Hopefully that's better. We are talking about my man from Kung Fu Panda, Master Ugwe. He said it best. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. And that is why it's called the present. And so we are trying to figure out how we get to celebrate this present Because this is the only thing that you know. There was a really awesome article that was written about 15 years ago that really, when I heard it, man, it like, it got a hold of me. And uh, it was called uh, The Fellowship of the Unashamed. This man uh, who lived overseas, he was a missionary. He uh, wrote his mission for life. Shortly after he penned this mission, he was martyred and he was killed for his faith. And um, he, a part of this article, Fellowship of the Unashamed, you can find it. Just one sentence, he said this, and I loved it. I think it defines the series that we're trying to do. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. My future is secure. My present makes sense. My past is redeemed. The fellowship of the redeemed. Uh, 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 the, uh, of the unashamed, I'm sorry. I, I thought that this was so defining of this time to live. 
because the past is really fighting some people. In the future, man can really choke the life out of you. If you're not careful, you'll miss this gift that God has for you called the present. So um, I'm going to ask that you pray for me. But before you do that, if, you're, if you have uh, come with a loved one, would you do me a favor? Would you hold their hand for just a few hours? Um, would you sweat on them for me in the name of Jesus? Father, I thank you for this day, and I ask that you would help. In Jesus' name, amen. I, uh, holding hands is sometimes the best, and sometimes it's the worst. I don't know who you are. If you're ever in a prayer circle and someone gets the word that we all need to hold hands, I hate it. My armpits start sweating, even before we start holding hands. I, I don't want to sweat on someone. It's so gross, you know? Just, that wasn't in my notes. Just talking. This passage today is uh, coming from one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. I don't know if, you, if you're reading the Bible, you're called to. God wants you to read his word. He wants you to know his word. Uh, and this is a lamp onto your, 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 your feet. I mean, this is good for you to be reading. I'm so glad that many of you know scripture. And I'm so glad many of you know more scripture than me. But if you don't read the Bible, you know nothing. Uh, because this is his daily bread. And it's not meant for knowledge it's, it's meant to be understanding, and uh, it reads our life. The Old Testament has a really powerful book called Ecclesiastes, and it's written by the wisest man that's ever lived. There was a young man named King Solomon who uh, had the ability to ask God of any one thing, and God would grant him. He asked for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom, and he penned several books in the Old Testament, And uh, Solomon possessed wisdom. He became the wealthiest man on the planet. And uh, man, he gained knowledge and knowledge and knowledge. And people sought him from all over the world to seek his advice. Kings from other countries came to King Solomon asking. Queen of Sheba came to him and said, teach me, Obi-Wan, you know. Uh, And uh, so here... um, here uh, is what, uh, he wrote this book called Ecclesiastes, and in it he wrote a lot of weird, strange things about how much knowledge he gained on, in life. Many of it, it's, uh, it's actually known as the book of regrets. His whole life he realized he had so much knowledge and so much wisdom that he resented missing the whole point. Wow. This is exactly where I feel like we fall in as Americans right now. And uh, here's the first thing that Solomon regretted in the book of Ecclesiastes, pleasure. Solomon regretted pleasure. He said it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 10. He would say this again and again and again throughout the book. But he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 10, I denied myself nothing that my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. There's another verse that would say that when your heart is uh, when when you're when you're um, when you're uh, I'm gonna let that one go because I just but, but butchered it. I denied myself no nothing that my eyes desired, and I refused my heart no pleasure. Solomon loved pleasure. Uh, he uh, the scripture says that he had more than 900 women that he knew. Um, that is a dumb man. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you something. There is a lot of things that feel good. That's definitely not great. 
And uh, in hindsight, you'll realize that if, if you would follow the Lord's way, it will save your heart a lot of pain. Our body will tell us a lot of things that's good. It feels very good in the moment. There's a lot of food that is good. Y'all know me and my infatuation with Reese peanut butter cups. But let me tell you something. There is a hangover, y'all. And uh, there's a lot of things that feel good in the moment, but in the end, it robs me of, of great. And this is what happens with touch oftentimes. Solomon sought a life of pleasure. He told himself he would never not taste things that felt good. This was Adam and Eve. This was David. This is a lot of people that said, man, that's got to be good. That can't actually be bad, can it? The Lord has a way. And if we complicate it, I'm telling you, it's important that we save ourselves, that we wait, that we wait, that we wait, that we wait. Because if not, man, it, it, there's pain on the other side. Don't complicate things that seem good for things that's great. God has a way. Solomon sought after pleasure. Boy, did he regret it. He also regretted knowledge. Wait, what? Yeah, knowledge. He says that he sought after knowledge his whole life. Well, this is what defines us as Americans. For the wise man, like the fool, will not be long remembered. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. Like the fool, the wise man, too, must die. I don't understand. Tim, are you saying knowledge is bad? No. But if you pursue it with your life as if that you are not accomplishing anything until you possess knowledge, you're missing it. We can change PhDs for the rest of our life. We can change titles and degrees. But in the end, it doesn't change who you are. I can give you a title and anyone else can give you a title, but it doesn't change who you are. I think of huge universities, you know, like Yale or, or, or um, Harvard or these Ivy League schools that started off Christian, believe it or not. Christian at the core, desiring to give out information to people. They're, they're like the capital of knowledge. And they learned so much that they forgot values. And I'm telling you, that's what's happening in our culture. We're overstimulated. To the point where we're learning, we're learning, we're learning, and we're forgetting everything that's happening. We have every bit of knowledge at our fingertip like never before in the history of mankind. Google, Echo, or Alexa, Siri. There's nothing that we don't know. It's right there at our fingertips. Social media, I mean, now Twitter, you know information as it's happening. And it's overstimulating us to the point where we're checking out of what really matters. There are billion dollar organizations right now that are studying, studying, studying how to get your attention, to get you to look and learn over here. Look and learn. And the Bible's free. And we know that there's nothing more important on the planet. And yet somehow we've missed simple. We've simply missed truth. I'm thinking about television right now and how much it processes information so quickly to the point where it's like our 
hope that we can get home and relax and sit in and check out of everything that matters the most to us. Information coming at us, information coming out of us, information coming at us. And you know what happens actually? We get so much information that we, uh, it's harder for us to become affectionate. It's harder for us to spend time with people that we care about. It's harder for us to go outside and make memories because information and knowledge is coming so fast at you that you just stop and absorb it. I often think of it like that movie um, Wally. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, everyone left the planet Earth and now they're just floating around on these little wheelchairs, sipping straws with an iPad in their face. You've seen it. You've gone to any restaurant? Everyone on a date like this. What's happening? So much knowledge that we can't stop learning. You know what we're doing on Facebook is that we are, uh, we, 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 we're just gonna check in for a moment and see how people are doing. I wanna know What's going on? 45 minutes later, we can't stop scrolling because we need to know what the next thing is. We have to learn how this movie ends. And so it sucks another 30 minutes or 45 minutes out of our time. Some people are telling, I'm going I'm to go to bed right after this episode. And then you just give it an extra five more minutes and it's stealing. God's greatest gift to you, this present moment telling you there's a good message in here. King Solomon would go on to have another regret. It was work. Oh, come on now. Let me be sure. I want to make sure you know, I do believe that work is critical. So don't mix the message. Uh, scripture says that anyone that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. It's important that, we, that we, uh, we work or that we attempt to work or that we put ourselves out there and allow the Lord to line the cards up that we can work. Clear? The other side of that is that many of us have checked into work and checked out of life. Giving, telling ourselves that we're only going to work for 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, 80 hours. You think I'm lying? I know so many people, some attend our church and we don't have time to do anything because we have this career that makes us feel like we're so special. This is what King Solomon said, the wisest man in the world. I hate it, all the things that I toiled for under the sun, the richest man on the planet, because I must leave everything to them, to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether they'll be wise or a fool. Yet he will have control over all the work in which I have poured my efforts and skill in under the sun. And this too is meaningless. Everything's meaningless, he would say. Meaningless, it's meaningless, it's meaningless, it's meaningless. What do you mean? There are companies that we're working for. They don't know you. They don't value you. And you signed up with a mission because you had a dream of living your life with friends and family, loved ones. And then they call and say, you know what, we need you. We need you to work today and we feel so needed you know the gospel needs you you know your family needs you your kids will never tell you but they need you your friends need you you have a lot of friends right now that are having a hard time in their life they need you 
Sometimes we can't see the forest through the trees. We simply, it's a simple message to people that are simply missing it. And King Solomon, the wisest man on the planet, missed it. Money was the fourth thing that he regretted. Can you believe a man who had all the money in the world regretted being rich? I have seen all another evil under the sun, and it weighs heavenly on men. God gives a man wealth, possessions, and honor so that he lacks nothing in his heart desires. But God does not enable him to enjoy them, and a stranger enjoys them instead. This is meaningless and grievous evil. In other words, you have all these possessions, but they're not doing you any good. The purpose of us working to get money is because we're worried that we're not going to have enough for the future. We worry about tomorrow. Many of us become very fixated on tomorrow. We want to make sure that everything is good and everything is taken care of and everything is good and everything is taken care of and everything is good and everything is taken care of. And so we, we work to make sure we have enough. Our Savior, the Lord said this way, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow, so don't worry about tomorrow, so don't worry about tomorrow, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. I'm going to read to you Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. Jesus said this, someone, from, someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estates with me. And Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you and decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. You believe that? Rich, I just heard it. I believe you now. I heard it for the first time. He tells me all the time, it's crackling, Tim. You got to stop the crackling. I apologize for all the Rice Krispies that's happening in my beard right now. Verse 16, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? Now, Jesus is telling this, this parable because as he's looking down from heaven, he has seen this situation over and over and over and over again. So he's not just pulling a story out of the crowd. He's talking to someone. Rich man had a great field, produced a lot of crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all the crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store it, all the wheat and all the other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you're a fool. You'll die this very night. Then who will get everything that you worked for? Man. Many of us are working so hard to be prepared for tomorrow that we're not enjoying anything. I'm telling you, I fought really hard to preach this message because it felt like, eh, this is just your kind of favorite kind of message. And I'm thankful for the confirmations of scripture that came in. Yes, Jesus said, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. Hmm. Today's a gift, and that's why it's the present. How many meaningful things do we do in a day? So what do you value? So at the end of Solomon's book, the Ecclesiastes, he summed up all of his life, and he said, take all these meaningless thoughts and everything that I've done wrong and sum it up to this thought. Now all has been heard 
Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Why is the conclusion of the matter to fear God and keep his commandments? Many of us think that we're living for this life to be prepared. But if you're truly wise, you'd get a bigger understanding. We're not living for 60 years, for 80 years, 20 years. We're living for billions of years. And the things that matter most significantly in this earth would be done for eternity. Someone that would call you that's a sales guy that's selling life insurance would say, it's really wise for you to buy this package because it would protect you for, you know. Someone that's really wise that wants to buy life insurance would recognize that the things that really matter are not all the things that we're spending our time with, doing, working, earning, feeling, experiencing. There are things that are really important that's happening right now. So I say all that to say this. Some of us are hurting from things that were done from us. Things that were said to you, things that were taken from you, people that lied to you or hurt you, or sometimes you did it yourself. And we can't seem to get over what went wrong yesterday. But it's history. And you can't have that moment back. But you can have it redeemed and washed in the blood of the Lamb. And this day can be given back to you and you can start fresh today. Now there are some of us that are living for tomorrow. And while there is wisdom in that, you can spend your life focusing on tomorrow and miss that the kingdom of God is happening right now. We don't know tomorrow. We don't know if Jesus will return tomorrow. We don't know if we'll live tomorrow. But we do know is that we're blessed to have the oxygen in our lungs right now. This moment is holy. This moment is precious. This moment is perfect. And there's a lot of things that we could do right now if we were intentional. So with that, I have four weird points that I hope bless you. First thing is rest. I hope you rest. I hope you take time off. I don't know if you know this, but the scripture um, in one of the, the, the God's Ten Commandments, one of them was that I want you to take a day off. Now, this wasn't a great suggestion. It was one of his commandments. And what he's saying is, I want you to take a Sabbath. I want you to take a day when you do nothing. And many of us are like, no, we can't do that. Listen, if God himself needed a day to rest, and you think you don't, you're an idiot. <laughs> but many of us think that we can't be productive if we take a day off. I have so much stuff that I've got to do. And here's the kingdom principle, is that if you rest, you'll be so much better going back to work. Take a time with your family. Take time with people you love. Like, if you rest, clear your mind, you'll know what you're trying to do tomorrow. I remember having those days working like when I was handy and I'd be like trying to do a project and it just, I couldn't get it done. When you stop, walk away and come back the next day, it just makes sense. Like, oh, I know what I was doing wrong. This is great. Stop working and take a day off. It's important called the Sabbath. This is what the um, scripture would say about it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 4 through 6. 
And I saw all the toil and all the achievements spring from one person's envy of another. Let me stop there. I didn't do this in the first service, but that's a big verse. And he's saying, the reason why we're all working so hard is because we feel like we don't have anything. I'm so thankful that uh, my friends just came up here and showed me some pictures of people that don't have anything. They can't get it on a camel. I know right now that I can't get most of the things that are important to me on the back of that camel. And that is, it feels bad. And I feel bad that somehow I've been lied to believing that I don't have anything. When there's some people there that don't have anything. And I saw all the toil and all the achievements spring from one person's envy of another. And that's why we're working so hard is because we feel like we don't have it yet. But you do. This is meaningless in chasing after the wind. A fool folds their hands and ruins themselves. Listen to this. This is awesome. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil in chasing after the wind. What is he saying? It's better to have one handful of good things with rest than to have so much and not enjoy it. And this is us right now. What do you enjoy? Rest. There's this book that I'm reading right now. And this may be good for some of you to read. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in it, he just talks about how we are in such a hurry all the time. We're in a hurry. We're in a hurry to go everywhere. If people ask you how you're doing in life and how's, how's work going, if you don't say that you're busy, you've done something wrong. But why do you have to be busy? You can work under the time that you set and not be busy. And I get so convicted because this is a statement that I've said to a lot of people about ministry. Hey, how's things going? Oh, I'm good. I'm just oh, so slammed. And you know what it does? It just tells everyone that you're not available. The people that you love that you're having a conversation with, you've now told them that you don't have time for them. I apologize to you. I'm a, I oftentimes have found myself in a hurry. In moments, that doesn't matter. Like if I'm driving to get somewhere, and I'm going to be on time. If I pull up to a stoplight and there's three cars in front of me, but I look over in the lane to my right and there's only one, I'm switching lanes, man. Because <laughs> I got to get two cars ahead. I do it at the checkout line at, at the grocery store. I'm looking. Who's... Oh, I can save 25 seconds if I get in that line right now. <laughs> Where am I in a hurry to go? Every time you choose to be in a hurry, you miss the moment. And you miss the people you're doing it with. Slow down. Slow down. Rest. Enjoy the moment. Rejoin, enjoy now. This book talks about how silence and solitude are things that are still important. The Sabbath and the simplicity and slowing down. It's good. I just want to encourage you to remember the Sabbath. Take a day off. The second thing I think would be good for us to do would be practice Thanksgiving. Practice Thanksgiving. This is something that we do with our family a lot. We, we, uh, we try to do it for dinner times or stuff like this. We'll, we'll actually each put our name in a hat and someone else will pull the name out of the hat and we'll make each other say something that they're thankful about, about the other spouse. And most of the time, the kids don't know this. We don't do it consistently. But when we do it, most of the time, I do it when I know the kids are fighting the most. Uh, because when you choose to say that you're thankful for something, it chooses your mindset and the way you see that person. You value them now more than you did before. What are you thankful for? I 
realize that this is who we should be is the most thankful people on the planet. I read this book called A Good and Beautiful God, and the author was challenging us to think of 10 things that we enjoy. And, uh, and so when he started listening to some of his, I thought that they were silly, and then I started thinking about some of the things that I enjoy. I wanted to share them with you. You guys got time? One of the things that I enjoy is orange juice, but not by itself. I enjoy orange juice when I'm eating bacon and eggs. The salty and the sweet, it just harmonizes in this sweet-like, refreshing moment where I am ever so in the moment. Now, I'm not lying to you. This is a moment that is like straight bliss for me. I have learned that I I enjoy it, but now that I've told myself that I enjoy it when I experience it, I'm all in the moment. Even so much to the point where I feel like a man on death row who is living his last meal right now. And it's just ever so sweet, even if it's at the hole in the wall diner down the street. It's just great. Another thing that I've learned that I enjoy is new socks. There's something that's just heavenly about the way a new sock wraps your foot and makes it feel like it's it's massaging your foot when you put it on, and then you're walking on little clouds. I'm telling you, I know it's silly. You're like, dude, is this really your sermon right now? Yeah. Why? Because we should be the most thankful people on the face of the planet. And we're not because of what we don't have. And we, we're missing the present Everything that we eat, every breath that we take, it's a gift. I I love the sunshine state. I love being in the sun on a lawn chair and the warmth hitting me. It like it hits my soul. You ever, you know that feeling I'm talking about? Oh, it's like utopia. Uh, The the other one that I realized is um, when my wife reaches for my hand. I, I, it like, I get goosebumps all through my body. And I, I, it's like I fall in love every time. Um, she hates when I talk about her, and she hates when I compliment her. But I'm never going to stop telling her that I'm head over heels in love with her. I don't want to miss a moment. I, I'm not trying to be cute. I, I'm recognizing that this is the present we're missing because we're out of moment. And you have a gift today, and we're squandering it. Here, hey, uh, thankfulness is my second point. I'm going to show it to you right here in Scripture. Listen, this is, you want to know what God's will is for your life? This is God's will. First Thessalonians, somewhere here. First 518, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. In everything, give thanks. This is God's will. What's God's will for my life? For you to be thankful. I'm, I'm telling you, it is like an attractive thing to be around people that enjoy life. One of the most frustrating things as a pastor is when I walk up to someone, I say, how you doing? And they just start vomiting on me, like all this life. I want to punch him in, in, you in the nose, but I can't because I'm your pastor. So I have to hug you and tell you that I appreciate you. But I don't appreciate you when you don't, when you're not thankful for life. Like enjoy something. Enjoy anything. You have oxygen today. It's good. Two legs. It's good. There are so many people that have it so much worse than you. And we get like Debbie Downer. Womp, womp, womp. Some of you don't know. (laughs) That's probably a good thing. Um, In everything, give thanks. Here's my third point. 
Love strong. Now it's so hard to do this because of television. I'm serious. It desensitizes you. We have so much information coming at us all the time that we forget to be passionate about the people in front of you. I need you all to do me a favor right now. This is God's will for you. Get out your cell phone. I want you to love strong right now. I need you to text one person that is not here. Do not text your pastor. (laughs) Text somebody else that is not here right now. And I want you to tell them that you are thankful for them. Tell them that you love them. Love strong. Be intentional. Listen, you're the salt and light of the earth. And if you can't find a moment to tell someone how much they mean to you, you're missing the point. Jesus said, our Savior, he says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. What would it be if Jesus never said that? If Jesus never said, I love you, how incomplete would your life be? There are people right now that just need to know that someone cares for them. You got to come back to this moment. Jesus said, you can hang all of the commandments on this. Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40. He said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. That's hard to do, guys. I'm telling you right now, it's hard to do that one right there. Why? Because some of us are, we think, we're thinkers. We're not emotional. Some of us are emotional. We're not thinkers. Jesus is saying, no, every part of you has to be good at loving. And it's hard because we're checking out. We're thinking the future. We're thinking the past. We're thinking, like, there's so much information coming at us all the time. But he's saying, like, when it's time to worship, I want you to worship with all of your heart. And some of you are like, yeah, but I'm not emotional like that. He was emotional like that. You understand? When he laid his hands in his na- in, 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 nails in his hands and in his feet, he worshiped you with all of his, all of his soul, all of his might. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all of the law and the prophets hang on these two things. I want you to love strong. I think it's important. Listen, Solomon is, is talking about all the things that he regretted in his life. Love strong. I want you to hug people I want you to touch people. I want you to cry with people. I want you to be generous for people. I want you to be intentionally mindful that it's our greatest responsibility on life not to go to work on Monday morning, but to love human beings. Be present. We have to be significantly here right now. Not tomorrow, today. There's a really cool video clip I'm going to show you of uh, one of my favorite speeches of all time, one of my favorite sermons. You wouldn't think it's a sermon because it's, guys, barely Christian, uh, but the guy's name is Jimmy V, and he died about 20 years ago of cancer, and uh, this is one of the greatest speeches in history, and to this day, his foundation that he started here this night um, has raised more for cancer research than anyone, uh, but I love the thought of a dying man being intentional. Would you watch this? precious to me. I don't know how much I have left, and I have some things that I would like to say. Hopefully, at the end, I'll have something that will be uh, important to, uh, to other people, too. But I can't help it. Now, when I'm fighting cancer, everybody knows that. Uh, and people ask me all the time about how you, you go through your life and how's your day. And nothing has changed. 
for me. As Dick said, I'm a very emotional, passionate man. I can't help it. That's being the son of Rocco and Angelina Valvano. That just comes with the territory, right? We hug, we kiss, we love. And, and when people say to me, how do you get through uh, life or, or each day is the same thing. To me, there are three things we all should do every day. We do this every day of our life. You're going to have, what a wonderful, number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And, and that screen is flashing up there 30 seconds like I care about that screen right now, huh? I got, I, got, I got tumors all over my body. I'm worried about some guy in the back going 30 seconds, huh? You got a lot. Hey, phenomenal, buddy. You got a lot. <laughs> I, got, I just got one last thing. I urge all of you, all of you, to enjoy your life, the precious moments you have, to spend each day with some laughter and some thought, to get your emotions going, to be enthusiastic every day. Uh, you know, not very spiritual. unless you don't know if you have tomorrow. Which is what our Savior was telling us is the way that we're supposed to live knowing that you don't know if you're going to have tomorrow. So if you don't have tomorrow, how do you live today? How, do you, how are you intentional with the things, your ministry, your mission, the people that you love, your relationship with God? I'll tell you right now, man, our prayer life would change a lot more if we didn't know if we had tomorrow. And it should this is the third point. It's going to be, I want you to hug. I want you to touch. I want you to cry. I want you to laugh. The third, my fourth point tonight is, is going to be silly. You're going to think, man, this guy bumped his head. I wrote this down three months ago. I've been wanting to say this for years. Have fun. Feels like the most unspiritual thing you could ever say, pastor. Really? That's how you're ending your, yes. I think one of the most attractive things in the world is somebody that has fun. I want to be around people that have fun. You know what? You wanted to be someone that had fun. And you got a career, and you got tired, and you got bored in your marriage. You got bored in life, and your goal now is to get to the couch. Wake up. <laughs> laugh. Celebrate people. This is why we signed up to have a career, have a life, so we'd enjoy. Go on a vacation. Do something fun. You know what your kids want? They want you to have fun. I want you to laugh a little bit. We're so dang serious. Stop being so serious. Like laugh a little bit. Enjoy oxygen. Enjoy something. Something other than television. Something other than sleep. You, you may not have this moment again tomorrow. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 15. Solomon said it this way. So I recommend having fun. Wait, wait, wait a second. What? A dying man at the end of his life. So this, this is my recommendation for you. Because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, to drink, and enjoy life. Community. Remember when you wanted to have friends? You know how you do it? You talk to people. 
You know why we're getting, it's harder to talk to people? Because we go on dates and we get these things called cell phones. And we do this. We don't know how to have fun. Get your friends over together and have Scrabble night, y'all. Doesn't sound very fun to me, but to some of you, that may be great. I remember when I used to hang out with Brady years ago and he'd play Trivial Pursuit for fun. That did not sound very fun to me, I gotta tell you right now. But guys, please make friends. People wanna walk into a building of people that laugh, love to be together. Remember when you wanted to share your life? And this world is teaching you how to check out, how to social distance, how to lock yourself away behind your cell phone. Life is about touching people, making an impact, having fun. It's good to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. David said it this way in Psalms. 126 verse 2. Listen to this. Man, this is so spiritual. You can, you're not going to believe it. So spiritual. I mean, like it's like revelational. It's prophetic. Then our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. And then all of the people around us will say, the Lord's done great things for them. Yeah, because when you laugh and you celebrate, them are the kind of people your kids want to be around. Like you want, you, you want, you want to be great to your kids? Have fun. Have fun with them. Go on a trip. Go on vacation. Your pastor's telling you, don't come to church next week. Go do something as your family. There's not many pastors that say that to you. Go and laugh, guys. I'm telling you what's happening in our culture right now. We're worried about the election. We're worried about what's happening in another state, in another city, on another neighborhood, on another block. We're thinking about tomorrow. There's so much stuff. There's just... Be intentionally present with your family and friends. This is so simple. Because people are simply missing it. Today is all you know you're going to get. Please plan fun. All right. This is the last verse, I promise. Jesus said this. I want you to come to me, all you who are weary. And carry heavy, like the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want to give you rest. I'll just talk to you for a second. He's saying, I need you to come to me when you're carrying the weight of the world. Some of you, it's your past. People just did you wrong. And it's hard for you to just be present. And let the call of God shine through you right now. Because of stuff you did or someone else did. Some of you are worried about the elections. You're worried about life. You're worried about how much money you have. You're worried about, do you work enough? You're worried, and you're missing friends, good times, family. Be here right now. All The past is history, and the future is a mystery. But right now, this is a gift. Love deeply. Coming to me. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and I'll teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. It was prophesied yesterday that you're going to leave light. 
I got two questions for you. One, today some of you are carrying the sin of this world. You've made mistakes and the enemy wants to shame you for it. And the way the love of God works is that he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants you. He doesn't want you to carry that shame. He wants you to have relationship with him. He wants to be your friend. If you're not right with God, do you all bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? There's someone here today who says that they know I, I, I'm not right with God. And I need to make it right, right now. If that's you, can you slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. God bless you. Man, God bless you. That's powerful. I see your hands. Wow, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Online, I pray for you. Lord Jesus, would you wash us? Would you make me new? Would you hit the reset button on my life and make, make the past not matter anymore, not present anymore? Would you wash me in your blood? Would you forgive me of my sin? And would you give me the gift of your Holy Spirit? I give you my life. Change me, God. For the rest of you that are carrying the weight of the world, work, money, life, would you rest? Deb, would you sing this over us real quick? I carry the burden for too long on. My heart needs 
a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. The Lord told us that many would walk in here feeling heavy today, but all of us are going to walk out feeling light. And if you need prayer today, I'm begging you as your friend and as your pastor, don't leave this place without us praying for you. I'll be down front. There will be others down here praying. If you made a decision today to accept Jesus as your your Savior or to renew your life with Christ, we have a gift for you. Please, there will be two people standing on either wing. Just come see them for this gift. Please don't leave without it. It's important to us. I love you guys. And um, listen, we're having groups all over the city, these house churches. We just want to have fun this week. This week is about having fun. Like, just make friends with people and laugh a little bit. It's spiritual, I promise. Because you can't do this thing alone. So go to a house church. And um, I love you guys. If you're here today, don't leave heavy, leave light. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters that you love. I thank you for your friendship. I thank you that today is a day that we'll live intentionally, like it's our last. And I purpose in my heart today to laugh and to have fun with people that I love. And I'll love everyone you put in front of me. I'll love them like you loved me. Thankful for this day, Lord. Help, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, woohoo. Love you guys. And uh, go to a house church. Super good. If you want prayer, I'll be right here. So will others. I love you. Don't leave without prayer.